1: This is Dr. Joseph A. E. Mills, Jr. of God PMC Ministries of LA, Virginia. Thank you for tuning in to our Reigning in Life Through Faith radio broadcast. I pray that today's message will truly be a blessing to you. This week on Reigning in Life Through Faith. But it's not you working on you. It's, it's what you're allowing the Word of God to do in working on you. To change you. And to make you what you want to be.
0: Thank you for tuning in to your Reigning in
1: Life and Faith broadcast. Let's join Dr. Mills
0: as he begins a new teaching. Love, the foundation of faith.
1: Love, love. Unconditional, unconditional love. Unconditional love. That's heavy in and of itself. I was thinking this before I came out here, I was looking back on my notes, and I had given this to y'all before. The key to any kind of spiritual development is patience. Love needs patience to be developed. Then the Holy Spirit began to minister to me about something else in that development process. And I think that a lot of people really um, is challenged with developing the things of God in your life. We've got to understand anything that we see that is lacking in our life means that there is a lack of development of that thing in our life. Love is um, the most critical thing that we need in order to operate in the things of God, the way that God would have us to operate in those. He says, you can have all the faith that you want to move mountains, but if you don't have love, your faith don't mean nothing. And so um, this is the one thing that I believe that we we, we must begin to develop in us. Now, anything that you develop, the way that you develop anything is through meditation. And the Word of God says meditate on His Word day and night, and then you'll be a success. Okay? So that's a success in whatever it is that you're meditating on. If you want to be a good husband or a good wife, then find scriptural references that will bring about that development in you. Begin to meditate on those, those scriptures. Now, in, in Luke, the first chapter, verse 37, he tells us there that the word of God has in it everything that it needs in order for it to become what it should become in you. Uh let me uh read that from the amplified. Let me get to it and, and then we'll then we'll look at this. Okay. <clears throat> this is this is vitally important. You know, we talk about love and um we can talk about what you should or should not do as far as love is concerned. But it does no does you no good if you're trying to um if you're trying to do what you see love is supposed to do and it hasn't taken root on the inside of you because you're making it a law and it hasn't become a part of you. <clears throat> and you might do it for a while, but you're going to get tired. You know, you're going to get tired of doing what, the, what what it says you're supposed to be doing with people because you don't see people changing. And, and people don't change because what you're doing is not coming out of your heart. It's coming out your head. It's not... It's not their fault that your condition is not changing. It's your fault that the condition is not changing. Okay. What did I say? Where where are we going? Where am I going? Where? Oh, okay, okay. So somebody's listening. Okay. And I said I was going to read this from what? Well, okay, all right. So let's amplify this. And it says, For with God nothing is ever impossible. And no word, now notice what it said, no word from God. No word from who? God. From God. See, we can't go in using our own words if you want to be changed, if you want to be developed in the, in the manner that God wants you developed. So that's why the, the word confession means to say the same thing. What am I doing to say? I'm saying the same thing that God said. If God says, I I am more than a conqueror, what am I going to say? I'm more than a conqueror. I may be having all kinds of challenges. I may even fall short every now and then, but I'm not going to change my confession. Why? Because I know eventually that confession is going to take root on the inside of my spirit. And I am going to be more than a conqueror. But if I quit because I messed up, I'll never be more than a conqueror. I, gotta, I have to, I must continue to confess what God says about me, irrespective of what happens in my life. Ask him to forgive you. Keep going and keep confessing. Amen. And so we need to understand this. No word from God, no word from God shall be without power. No word from God shall be without power. You have to put God's word in your mouth in order for power to be available to you. Amen. you hear what I said? Say you must put God's word in your mouth in order for the power that's going to take root in you and change you in order for that power to be available. You must put God's word in your mouth. Amen. Are you with me? So <clears throat> no word from God shall be without power or watch this now, impossible of fulfillment. Uh, He sent his word to heal his people. He watches over his word to fulfill it. Are you with me? Okay. So if we believe that, you understand, then we're going to do what the word of God says we must do because we want his word fulfilled in our life. Are you with me? So if you want his word fulfilled in your life, then you've got to, you got to confess his word. Amen. Amen. Continually confess his word. Why? Because you're working on something. What are you working on? You're working on you. Yes. But it's not you working on you, it's, it's what you're allowing the word of God to do in working on you, Amen. to change you, mm-hmm. and to make you what you ought to be. Amen. The word of God will make you what you ought to be. The word of God is seed. I often give, talk about, you know, when I was with my grandfather, whatever seeds you plant, that's what was going to come up, but you just can't put a seed in the ground. You've got to water the seed and your initial confession is a seed, but the continual confession is watering the seed. And God is the one who said he would make it grow. Are you with me? Are y'all understanding this? I think we get complacent sometimes and, and, and get, you know, just kind of, you know, like I hear what the pastor's saying, but. Well, if you butt everything that I say, you're going to nullify everything I'm saying. There ain't no buts to what I'm saying. You just accept what I'm saying and begin to operate or do what I'm telling you to do, and you're going to see a change. Now, that doesn't mean the change is going to happen overnight. You didn't get like you are. Overnight. And when we talk about this love thing, you know, all the condi- different conditions that we've, grow- we've grown up under, challenging, and still wherever you are, being challenged, the adversary is, 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 is going to challenge every step you make if you're making a step toward loving people unconditionally. Unconditionally love people, unconditionally. Oh, the devil say, oh, is that what you think? Are oh, you going to do what? And so he's going to run something by you every day if he can. And going to tell you and whisper in your ear, see, you think that you can look. You can't do that. And you're going to try to make concessions or allowances for what you do. And you can't do that. You've got to ask the Lord to forgive you, continue to confess, and continue to believe that if I continue to confess, then I am watering seed that i planted in my heart and eventually I'm going to see the growth Amen. because God's going to make it grow. Amen. Amen. That's faith. Faith acts. So faith has to say something. Amen. See, faith has to say something. Are you with me? Can't just sit back and think, okay, I'm going I'm I'm to try to love these people, I'm going to if you try, forget about it. No, you have to say, I am going to love these people. Or, better still, I love these people. Amen. Come on. People on your job. you got to love them. Yeah, you ain't got to like them, but you got to love them. Amen. Hey, don't look at me like that and, and tell me something about, yeah, well, yeah. Well... You got to understand, you will never get where God wants you to be with that kind of attitude. Amen. Because you don't have the will to love everybody unconditionally. If you're willing and obedient, you eat the best in the land. If you're willing and obedient, the first thing you got to get is to be willing to do what God wants you to do. Amen. Amen. Are you all with me? Yes. All right. Do I have your attention tonight? Yes. Hallelujah okay then let's look at something then <laughs> hallelujah God is so good yeah I gotta find out where the scripture is now I was just looking at it today and I forgot already where um I get there hallelujah With me for a minute or two. Second Corinthians five fourteen. Oh, i move oh no one. I'm in the First Corinthians. I'm like, come on, man. Okay, all right. Now, I want I want to read this from the um, the NLT. Maybe a couple other versions as well, but I know the NLT. I was looking at this, and this is really something. Really something. You know, you look over in Romans, the eighth chapter, and um, we, when we read over in Romans, the eighth chapter says, um, what will separate us from the love of Christ? And then he has all these things that's going on. But it's not talking about will we ourselves stop loving Christ? It's talking about will Christ stop loving us because of the things. And he said, knowing all of these things that are happening, let's look at that for a minute. Don't worry, I'm going to go back over there. But I need to show you this right here, okay? And, um, where am I talking about reading? What did I say? Romans what? Eighth. Eighth chapter, yeah. So, look at verse uh, well let's just start at 31 okay let's just start there and it says uh, what then shall we say to these things if God is for us who can be against us if God is for us who can be against us I think that that's something that we really need to get into us. If God is for us, who can, be, who can bring an accusation against us that will separate us from the love of God, that God still wouldn't love you no matter what the accusation may be? All right? So he says now, what then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall we not with him also... F- how... How... how, uh, uh, how I, I miss my place. But deliver us... He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect it is God who justifies who is he who condemns it is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword as it is written for your sake we are killed all day long we are counted as sheep for the slaughter yet in all these things yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us we are what more than conquerors through him that loved us Now, let's look at Second Corinthians and five fourteen. I'm going to back it up to. Fourteen is where the sentence begins at thirteen. Though fourteen is what I'm keying in on. Okay. I thought that to me this is really um, paramount because it says something in the King James version. It says um, that uh, the love of Christ constrains me, which you know we don't really use that word constrained, but the love. Of Christ cannot prevent you from doing anything or control you in your actions unless you have developed that love in you. Amen. Amen. Are you with me? Yeah. Now, in, in, in verse 13 says, For if uh for if we are beside ourselves bad, as some say, uh, it is for God and concerns him, if we are in our right mind, it is for your benefit. And he's talking about what people would say about you. He says, for the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us. That's a whole lot right there he said right there. He said, well, no, wait a minute, that wasn't NLT. That's, that's amplified." In the NLT it says, either way, Christ's love controls us. Christ's love controls us since we believe that Christ died for, now notice what he says. He said, now, since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. Watch verse 15. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Amen. Did you hear what I said right there? Yeah. That you would no longer live for yourself. Oh, yeah. I, don't <clears throat> I don't know whether y'all understand what he's saying right here. Okay. Once you are born again, new creation, at that point, you no longer live for yourself. <clears throat> you just, let me just go with it again because, you know, Sometimes it's kind of hard to get through. You have to come to the conclusion within yourself that whatever the word of God says, you want. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. (laughs) That's tough right there. It's, It's tough when you don't know what this is all about. When you don't have a clue as to why you needed to accept Jesus and then you went on and accepted him but you still don't have a clue as to what you did. Because if all you did was you were accepting Jesus so that you could miss hell and go to heaven, you'd never be able to do what the new life is, is for. Are you all with me? Now, you, you've got to really want to do what God wants you to do so that you can fully give yourself over to God so that he can recreate you not just in your spirit but in your mind too because the uh, over in Romans it talks about the renewing of the mind the word renew the mind renewing is the same word as reborn so what we're doing what we are what we have been been um, given to do is to do something with our soul Israel it's like I was talking about on Sunday see our, our, the greatest responsibility that we have is to develop our soul. Are you all with me? And um seem like that's a big challenge with the church. Because in order for you to develop, I'm talking about develop our, our soul based upon God's word, not based upon the wisdom of this world. Now, we'll, we'll go to all kinds of lengths, um, you know, thinking that, you know, this is what we need to do as far as the world is concerned. All kind of education. I mean, you spend hours reading books and, and um, going to class and all that kind of thing. When it comes to this right here, different story. Different story. I mean, we put all kind of effort in uh, getting a, a degree, and a degree, is, and a degree is only a degree of knowledge. You haven't gotten all knowledge. You just got a degree. <laughs> okay. You know, I used to teach like this uh, years ago. People get mad with me. That's <laughs> my wife. I mean, they're they just, just totally upset with me because they, they thought that I was against education. Not against education. But when you don't understand that God has a greater education than the education of this world, you will put the education of this world over the education of God. You will not put the same effort, not even near the same effort that you put in trying to get the world's education as opposed to getting God's. Amen. Anyway, so in verse 15, it says, so he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So, verse 16, so we have stopped. Evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that everyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, new life has begun. And there's something right there. Look at, um, let's look at this from the uh, Message Bible. The Message Bible says this. Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. His love has the first and last word in everything we do. First and last word in everything we do. Watch this now. Our firm decision is to work from this focused center. One man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. He concluded, he included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life, a resurrection life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. And this is why we don't live to ourselves. It's easy to For you to live to yourself. Self, to live to yourself means you're selfish. When people are selfish, they are unwilling to change for you.
0: Thank you for tuning in to today's Reigning in Life Through Faith broadcast. If you are in the DC metropolitan area, join our encounters every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. and every Wednesday evening for our 7.30 p.m. Bible study. If you cannot join us, we invite you to visit our website and watch us live